You're listening to Living Heritage, a show about people who are engaged in the heritage and culture sector, all those who keep our history alive at the community level. I'm Dale Jarvis. In 2020, Heritage NL designated a concrete footbridge in Bowering Park as a registered heritage structure, one of the first modernist structures in Newfoundland and Labrador to be recognized as such. The bridge was designed in part by influential architect Blanche Lemko van Ginkel, and it has been an object of fascination and study for Newfoundland architecture student Sarah Reed. In this edition of Living Heritage, I chat with Sarah about her interest in the footbridge and share some of the audio she recorded in conversation with Blanche van Ginkel herself. My name is Sarah Reed, and I'm a Master's of Architecture student at Dalhousie. I'm currently completing my thesis um, and will be done in the spring. In my architecture undergrad, I wrote a paper about the footbridge in Bowering Park and the architects who designed the footbridge. They were Blanche and uh, Sandy Van Ginkel. And specifically focusing on Blanche and her work on the bridge, um, my paper talked about her work, specifically women in architecture, Uh, some of the misconceptions and miscredit of the bridge in local news um, and in other writings, and some of those that ultimately lead to gender issues in architecture. And just from there, I was really interested in her work and continued studying it. And that's how I was introduced originally. So anyone who is familiar with Bowering Park, there are a lot of bridges that do span over water. uh, And this one specifically spans over the old railway track. So it is where the high terrain of the park meets the lower and it forms this cantilever bridge. It's a little hidden with some vegetation and and bushes right now, but it's a concrete bridge. Um, You can see it kind of when you're walking up from the tennis courts and it's absolutely beautiful. Um, There's a little, you know, kind of grit to it. There's cracks and some graffiti on it but if you just walk across it and run your hand across the handrail it's it's a really interesting form and yeah it's definitely something you should check out if you haven't seen it yet. I maybe heard about it in my first semester um, because then that's when the articles were coming out about the bridge and it was this gem that was hidden and found and um, by this marvelous engineer Ove Arup um, who was a part of of the bridge, but it was actually designed by a female architect, Blanche, which I found out later, and that's what made me so interested in this kind of mystery of the bridge. Her and her husband uh, practiced in Europe um, and then had some projects over in Canada, like the Montreal Expo, and they did a lot of landscape projects here. She was uh, one of the first females to be accepted to McGill architecture. And she was just a pioneer, I think, for females in, in the field. She basically talks a lot about how difficult it was being in the field. Um, there was a lot of oppressions faced um, by women. And she overcame that and won so many awards and then ended up being like the dean of U of T. And yeah, she's just such an awesome lady. <laughs> so what are some of her favorite works for you and why? Well, in architecture school, you learn a lot about uh, the famous architect Le Corbusier and specifically his building, Unité d'Habitation. 
I found out later that she designed the top portion. It's a housing unit in France, and it was this really fun portion on the top. Amazing views and uh, community space, and she had a, a huge part in designing the top portion of that. So it was really cool to know that she had such a big part of a building that you hear, I mean, almost every week in architecture school uh, when you're learning Architecture 101. So I think that's definitely one of my favorites, but also the bridge. Like when I found out she designed the bridge, it was just, that was it. It's such a, a quaint piece. Um, and she was awarded the Massey Medal in 1964 for the bridge. So it was a huge accomplishment for her. Yeah. What was her involvement with uh, Expo 67? They did a lot of the initial planning of it, her and her husband, Sandy, and, and they did a lot of planning in their day, especially with parks. So um, they had a lot to do with that in Expo 67. My, my understanding is that she was also one of the people who helped save uh, the older part of, of Montreal, that she was one of these people who recognized that though she was maybe a modernist, that this was a very important architectural component of, of Montreal City. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think that had a lot to do with coming from Europe, too, um, where parks are just really celebrated there. And it's definitely something that can be lacking in some Canadian cities. So I think it might have been their goal, I think, with urban landscapes and bringing people into that uh, with their planning skills into Canada. So tell me a bit about how your life has intersected with her work. Yeah, so after writing the paper, well, a couple semesters after, I applied for a job at Heritage NL. And this interest led to many conversations on my work on the bridge. And then I found out that the bridge was in talks to be the first registered heritage structure, modernist heritage structure. I had the opportunity to work on some preliminary work for that, writing some statements of significance, um, and then also having the opportunity to talk to Blanche. So I called her up one day and we had a little chat for about a half an hour. Uh, she lives in Toronto and it was so amazing to talk to her. I was very nervous, but she was such a lovely, lovely woman. We had great conversations. She's funny and witty um, and had so much amazing things to say about uh, Newfoundland and the people here and her involvement in the bridge um, and coming from Europe. And she talked very highly of her husband. So that was really wonderful. Um, and from there, I ended up being able to uh, be invited to an event called um, In Her Record, which was hosted by the architecture schools at U of T and McGill, um, amongst uh, many great architects and students and teachers, um, just celebrating her work and her life. And it was such a great opportunity, and I'm hoping to continue the conversation around the bridge and Blanche. How did you know that she was still alive and out there and she was a part of this documentary i think it was in 2018 i'm not quite sure i think it was just through google it said she was 95 years old or, or 94 and i thought if she is still alive i need to talk to her because why not so i i did some more googling and i found her daughter 
um, I don't know if it was through LinkedIn or Instagram or something, the, the power of social media these days, but I tracked her down and I sent her an email and told her what I was doing and what I was researching. And she was happy to give me uh, Blanche's phone number. And she said she'd be more than happy to talk to you. And it just, it went from there and just called the home and had a chat and it was really lovely. So what would you like to see happen with the footbridge? What do you think needs to happen next? I think there needs to be some sort of rehabilitation for sure. And I know that comes with a lot of work and a lot of tests and finding out, you know, the, what the inside of that bridge is looking like and then go from there. I think it would be so nice if there could be some sort of plaque or recognition for the Van Ginkles on the bridge to name it even so people know and that it is called the Van Ginkle footbridge and people know about the Van Ginkle footbridge. Maybe there's something done with the vegetation around it on the lower portion. I know the top portion has some really beautiful hedges, but it would be really nice just to see it celebrated with just recognition and just knowing that it's there because it is a hidden gem. So I think it should be shown, shown to the world. She talks about this connection with architecture and the body and these interactions between the body and the urban landscape. And I think you can see that in the bridge. There's, um, there's a human scale to it. And I think you can see that in some of her planning. Uh, so there's something about that that I really admire. There's also just something about the hardships that she faced in a time where this male-dominated industry was just it was hard to get into for, for females. And she, she rocked it. Like she's, she, you know, you look at her CV and it's full of awards and accolades and exhibitions and talks. And so looking at that is really inspiring, you know, to see how much you can do just outside practicing architecture. There's so much more you can share and, and learn and teach and, I think that's something that's really great about Blanche. She really, her passion was architecture and she just shared that with everyone. All of those things about, about Blanche inspire me. This is Sarah Reed in conversation with Blanche Lemko van Ginkel. I, first off, I just, I wanted to congratulate you um, on all your architectural accomplishments. Um, as a, a future female architect, I look to you as inspiration, so I think you should know that. And I think that your design of the bridge here in Newfoundland was a very important project, and it's valued here. So I'm just wondering maybe some things, some stories, or something you can tell me about that time, if you do remember. I'm glad that you put it that way, because it was a long time ago. (laughs) (laughs) It's a structure that that people now are are realizing. And as they walk through the park, a little bit overgrown now, but they're seeing the beauty in the bridge and realizing that it is a very important piece of architecture. Um, Well, the bridge itself was really the, the work of my husband. I did have considerable responsibility for the plan of the park. The bridge itself, um, as a work of engineering, 
was his responsibility. Oh, and I okay. think it's very elegant. It is. It's absolutely gorgeous. And it, it's a very prominent uh, modernist structure for the province. Probably one of the first. I think it got the ball rolling, I think, for a lot. Um, I think it's a beautiful other bridge. But, <laughs> and it's uh, also a beautiful piece of engineering. In that time that your husband designed the bridge and your responsibilities with the bridge, what was that like? Like, Could you tell me some things about being a young architect at that time? Oh, dear, I don't know what to tell you. I mean, <laughs> one, you know, things happen in one's life and one takes them as a matter of course. I don't know what to say exactly. It's true, though, that I suppose... My husband and I, and particularly my husband, did bring something new to our practice, I mean, new to Canada, because I had had experience in Europe, and mm -hmm. he was very well known in Europe and Canada at the time, and the United States for that matter, mm -hmm. was behind the new trends in architecture and engineering. So, uh, I mean, that sounds a little exaggerated, but we both, I had had the experience of working in Europe and uh, my husband, of course, had practiced there. And uh, I think that we were a little more savvy <laughs> yeah. in a way yeah. because of that. And that's one reason that uh, the bridge, I think, was as successful as it was. Besides, we uh, engaged over Arab as an engineer because we thought that he would understand Sandy's design. It was principally Sandy's design, right. and uh, he would understand it where... Most of the local engineers wouldn't understand what we were up to. That sounds somewhat exaggerated, but it's true. <laughs> it's significant, actually, that the first time it was published was not in Canada, but in Europe. So what was it that brought you to Newfoundland in the first place? Hmm. I don't know. I can't remember. Oh, yes. Um, well, it was something to do with work that we had done in Montreal. We designed a park, a small park in Montreal, and someone in Newfoundland was looking for advice on developing Barring Park. And he came, I don't know whether it was someone who knew us or whether he noted the small park that we designed in Montreal. It was because of that that we came to their attention. And we were not known at all at that time. So it was somewhat of a leap of faith, I think. They invited us to come for an interview and apparently we made a reasonable impression. So. <laughs> We okay. somehow got the job. Don't ask me how. <laughs> it was the first big job that we had. Yeah. And you designed the whole park. Is that correct? Right. Yes. Yeah. 
Did you did you design? I mean, we made the uh, what shall I say? The plan for the whole park, but we only did the detailed design for the first stage because they couldn't do the whole thing at once. But as I was told that they uh, followed our plan in the further development. In fact, they did because I went there and visited. And uh, the main structures, we were responsible for the main structures like the bridge. Oh, the lookout, you know, anything, uh, anything structural was our design. But I do remember the lookout and uh, the stairs and the bridge and that sort of thing. And do you remember anything about your time in Newfoundland or working in the park? Oh, it was delightful. I mean, people were so... uh, Everyone was very friendly, as the Newfoundlanders usually are. And uh, actually, at one point, well, our first child was very young, and uh, the wife of the um, planner knew this and she also knew that my husband wanted me to accompany him on a lengthier trip and uh, she suggested that I bring the baby and she take care of it because she was um, with a toddler and it was just nice that they yeah, know it. Great. <laughs> it was sort of friendly and family yeah. business. <laughs> yeah. It was really very nice. I doubt that this would have happened anywhere except in Newfoundland. That's right. <laughs> yeah. It's like home here for everyone, I, I think. I mean, it was just, it was wonderful. I mean, I could still take time off and nurse the baby. And yeah. I knew that she was well taken care of. <laughs> It was surprising in a way that it wasn't as if we were outsiders. We were just welcomed as, you know, nice visitors or almost part of the family. That's right. And I can imagine it was exciting at that time for some well-known architects to be in the town and designing something new for the people. Well, we weren't well-known at the time at all. (laughs) Well, maybe coming from Europe, but, you know, there was probably a... Well, we we came from the mainland. (laughs) Right, right. They used to say, come from afar. Yes, that's right, the come from away. Come from away, that's it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) We got to know the people we were working with. Right. And particularly the city planner and his wife. But everyone was so friendly. So did you work with um, your husband at all on some of the design concepts of the bridge? I was always a very severe critic. Yeah, (laughs) well, that's important. (laughs) (laughs) And I guess I did in a way, but it was really my husband's design. Yeah, I I did have something to do with it, but uh, it was mostly with the, the platform the approach to the bridge, the steps leading up to it, but not so much the bridge itself. But I had a lot to do with the steps and the the paths and that sort of thing. We treated the whole, we treated the bridge 
as part of the whole design. It wasn't just a separate bridge, if you know what I mean. The bridge was a part of the pathway system. Yeah, I think it's beautiful still. Yeah. <laughs> but I like the fact that it's sort of cantilevered too, because the one bank is higher than the other, which is rather unusual, and that's why the structure of the bridge is uh, somewhat different to the to the usual bridges, which yeah. are generally symmetrical. One has an idea about design, and uh, one tries to make it straightforward and unpretentious and good engineering. And also, if it is good engineering, it usually is quite beautiful. So I don't know how one puts that. You know, if you're a designer, you're a designer. Yeah, because there are a lot of interpretations, especially most recently when the bridge was recognized by the public here. A lot of people see the bridge in, in different ways and, and talk about it. Um, oh, really? The of it in different ways. Yeah. Oh, I'm it's, surprised. Um, That's nice. It's, yeah, it's glad. really nice. Yeah. I, I still think it's, although it's small, it's quite an elegant piece of work. It's beautiful. It's one of my favorite pieces of architecture in Newfoundland and Labrador, I must say. Um, really? Yeah, oh, that's and nice I to hear. Yeah, I I got the chance to write a paper um about the bridge in in undergrad, in my architecture undergrad. And because I'm originally from Newfoundland, I felt a, a connection to to that um and learning about what I could online about uh yourself and your husband and the bridge. It was so interesting. So I'm so glad to be talking to you right now. <laughs> well, to, uh, we were very fond of Newfoundland and liked the environment, both natural environment and the human environment. So I must ask, after the completion of the bridge, did it help your career in any way as a young architect? I'm not sure that it did very much because it's so out of the way and nobody thinks about Newfoundland, if you know what I mean. <laughs> yes, I do know what you mean. <laughs> so I don't think that it had a great impact except among some architectures circles in Europe, for that matter. We presented it at a CM Kong conference and people thought that it was very interesting. Didn't actually. It had more interest among the European architects than it did here. It definitely inspired people, I think, and other oh, architects think so? in Newfoundland. I, don't know. I think. I think because yeah. of the period, maybe um, the 60s, mm -hmm. um, other pieces started. Well, kind of it wasn't considered anything special at the time that it was built. Right. It was only later it sort of became fashionable. But you, you won an award for the bridge, isn't that right? And yes, but that was a while later. Right. And it's uh it's my personal goal to to make sure more people know about the bridge now. Um because as time goes on, the structures from the sixties are becoming more important and they're 
like I, I uh, mentioned, this one is going to be a designated heritage structure. Well, that's nice to know. It will actually be our first modernist piece in Newfoundland designated as a heritage structure. It's very exciting for us here. Well, yeah. I'm, I'm delighted at your call. It yeah. cheers me. I'm so happy I could talk to you today. It was nice to hear from you. And maybe one day you come back to Newfoundland and and see the bridge that uh, you and your Oh, I'd love to do that. Yeah. I really would like to see Newfoundland again and see what yeah. it's like. And it was so good to hear from you. Yes, so nice to it made my you. day. <laughs> oh, it made my day too, believe me. Made my year. <laughs> well, good luck with whatever you're doing. Thank you so, so much. You've been listening to the Living Heritage Podcast, a co-production of Heritage NL and CHMR Radio at Memorial University. You can find previous episodes on iTunes or wherever you download podcasts. We're on Twitter at HFNLCA. Do you have a question or a suggestion about an aspect of culture and heritage you want us to explore? Send us your mail, and we'll do our best to answer it in an upcoming show. Email us at livingheritagepodcast at gmail.com. Our theme music is by Lache Swing. Thanks for listening.